Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. So um, I want to welcome each and every one of you. Welcome. If, you, if it's your first time here, welcome. We want to thank you for joining us. And for those of you who are joining us online, thank you so much for joining us and connecting with us. Um, I'm excited this morning. I'm excited this morning because my title for today, if you're writing notes down, is this, Godly Motives. Turn to the person next to you and say, Godly Motives. Godly Motives. What does that mean? Well, we're going to find out, right? Um, what we're going to do is we're going to have one big idea, okay? We're going to have one big idea. I'm not going to shove information on you, but we're just going to have one big idea, and we're going to unpack it, okay? So what we're going to do is um, this one big idea is this. If you're writing things down, this is what it is. What you plan effectively is what you will become significantly. I'm going to say that again. What you plan effectively is what you will become significantly. Now, it's really, really applicable right now because why? We're in this new year, new slate, new chapter in our lives, and we need to start planning things, right? I don't know if you've already started planning things. Um, I haven't, okay? But can you believe that we're halfway through the first month of 2022? It's just unbelievable, right? What you plan effectively, it's what you will become significantly. For example, right? If you plan to become a builder, what do you have to do? You have to go through the processes, right? You have to study, you have to train, you might have to get a, an apprenticeship, and then you have to build, right? And if you plan to become a doctor, what do you have to do? You have to study, you have to read all of these things, you have to memorize all of these things, just like everybody else. Um, and if you, if you plan to be fit like me, right? If you want to be, I'm not fit. I'm just saying I'm planning to be fit, right? This year is that year. Um, but if you plan to be fit, right, what do you have to do? You have to plan your diet, yeah? You have to work out. You have to plan maybe getting a membership in the gym, hint, hint, right? Um, and not have a resting heart rate of 90 BPM, right? You have to plan things, right? And in this new year, this new season, this new chapter, this new slate, you know, we're in the year 2022. And some of us are already really believing that this year is our year. Is anybody else believing that? I'm believing that this morning. I don't know about you, but I'm believing that this morning. And some of us are planning to get new things or planning to get into things this year. Like we're probably planning to get a new car this year, we're probably planning to get married this year, probably planning to, to get engaged this year. Um, we're probably moving into a new house, into a new job, into new things this year, right? There are those types of people. Now, there, there are these types of people now, which I love, where you don't have a plan, right? You're just jumping into the new year with no plan involved, just heading straight, just go with the flow, hope for the best right? But my question for you this morning is that what are you believing for this year? What are you genuinely hoping to get out of this year? What do you hope and what do you desire to become this year? You know, it's so easy to have a plan in place, isn't it? It's so easy to have a recipe in place to follow, but following it and doing it is a different 
are the ball game. We all know that, right? You can have the most sophisticated, most organized planning board, but following it is very, very hard. Why? Because our motivation is linked to the results. Our motivation is based on the results. What helps us achieve these plans is our motivation, right? What does that mean? The amount of effort that I put into doing something determines how much it benefits me. For example, right? Um, for example, at your workplace, right? The amount of effort that I put into my job determines how much I get paid. Yeah? If I get peanuts as a payment, you're probably going to get peanuts out of me, right? A, personal a more of a personal example for me is that, you know, when, when, whenever Vanessa would come over to my place, to our house, and what I would do is, what, what other good hosts would do is we would cook a hearty meal for them, right? So when Vanessa would come over, right, sometimes, you know, I'd show off a little bit and pull out like a very fancy recipe um, on Google, out of Google or, or YouTube, right? And, you know, uh, I would prepare this amazing thing just to, you know, let her know that, you know, her future looks good, right? Her future looks good when, when we're together, when we'll get married, you know what I'm saying? So anyway, I would get this recipe, I would get all the ingredients, I would cut it all up, I would, you know, I would put some music on, I'd put the podcast on, and, you know, sometimes she'd, she'd, she'd you know, offer to help, um, sometimes she'd help anyway, but for me, cooking is very therapeutic, Right? So most of the times I like to cook alone. So you know, I prepare everything, um, and I cook up everything, and voila. There comes this amazing, this delicious, gourmet, multi-Michelin star kind of meal. Right? But before I give it to her, right, before I give, it, I give the meal to her, I would make sure to take great care of the ingredients that I'm putting in. So what I would do is I would, you know, I would plate it really, really gently, meticulously. You know, I'd put the rice over here. I'd put the potatoes over here, put the veggies over here. And I would do one of those things where, you know, where, where, you know what those fancy chefs would do with the oil? Yeah? I would, I would do that. You're laughing now. You ask her. You ask her. You ask her after this. I'm not lying to you. Right? Then I would bring her this meal. And she would have the widest smile on her face, and, and, and she likes for us to, to, to eat together, to, to eat at the same time. So what I would do is when it's my turn to put my food in, what, what, what am I going to do? I'm just going to put everything into this one bowl, um, the same ingredients and everything, and I'm not going to put any attention to it. I'll just plop it on the plate, and that's it. I'm going to eat it like that, right? Why? Why do I do that? I wouldn't put the same effort and the same at attention as I did hers, Right? Because my motivation wasn't set on my own satisfaction, but it was set on hers, right? I planned to make her feel welcome, and I planned to make her feel special and loved regardless of what I feel, right, or have at that time. Because why? Our motivation is based on the results. Our motivation is based on the results. And what God does is he, God takes pleasure in preparing good things for us. But what are we doing to make sure that we are receiving these things? And my desire was to make Vanessa a great meal, an amazing meal. And as we turn to scripture today, um, David had the same desire to build a great place for his people. And we're going to read about that. So if you have your scriptures with you, we're going to turn over to 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 1. Verse 1 to 3. So if you have your scriptures with you, 
2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 1 to 3. If you don't have it, that's okay. It's going to be on the screen behind me. Um, and it says this. We're going to read together. Here we go. King David was living in his palace, and the Lord had given him peace from all his enemies around him. Then David said to Nathan, the prophet, Look, I am living in a palace made of cedar wood, but the ark of God is in a tent. Nathan said to the king, go and do what you really want to do, because the Lord is with you. I'm going to pause here for a second, and I love, uh, especially love verse 3, because we all need a Nathan in our lives. If you notice, you know, we all need a Nathan. If you don't have that planned in your goals or your, your um, resolutions this year, chuck it down on your notes. We need to find a Nathan. Why? Nathan is someone who encourages us. Someone who pushes us when we're unsure. Someone who lifts us up when we are in doubt. Write it down. We all need a Nathan in our lives. Um, just a little bit of context with this scripture. I'm going to quickly unpack it for you. Um, for those who don't know, in the Old Testament, the Ark of God or the Ark of the Covenant was a visual reminder of God's presence. It was how you know, the people of God would communicate to God and in turn God communicated to them. And it was a visual reminder of God's presence on earth. And what happened was a neighboring enemy captured the ark of God from Israel. And they succeeded in capturing it. So what David did, you know what, uh-uh, I need to get it back. So what David did is he prepared an army to retrieve the ark back to Israel. And then they succeeded in getting it back. And now David is saying, you know what? Why am I living in this fancy palace? Why am I living in this fancy place? Probably built with like, you know, Wi-Fi and super fast internet then, right? Um, didn't have internet then. I'm just kidding. <clears throat> but um, why am I living in this fancy palace and, and the ark of God, God's presence is in a dark and dodgy place? What, what he's basically saying is, that why am I living in this fancy place where God... His presence dwells in is in a dump. So he tells Nathan, you know what, Nathan? I want to build a temple. Can I build a temple? A special place where the ark of God dwells in, where the presence of God dwells in. See, David didn't care how rich he was. David didn't care how, you know, how successful he was. He didn't even care that he was a king. All he could think about was, you know what? I need to build something special so that the ark of God can be in that special place. Some of us here today have put, our, uh, have put things in our lives as a priority and have not made a room or a place for God's presence to dwell in. We've put you know, things in our lives as a priority, our school, our job, um, our friends, rather than actually making room in our lives for God's presence to dwell in. Things that we think that would, would benefit us in the long run. Things that would, would think, we think that, um, that would benefit us and would bless us, but that would eventually fade away. You know, we choose to watch our favorite shows on Netflix rather than giving someone a call, a friend a call, during this tough and awful time where everybody's isolating by themselves. You know, I'm guilty of that. We, we choose to, to plan things on a Sunday morning Rather than being here in this house, being blessed, being empowered by the amazing things that God has, has prepared for this church. We choose to prioritize things rather than what God, what, where God's presence could be. 
We choose to do these things. And I'm guilty of that. I'm very guilty of that. My question for you is that where have we left God's presence? Have we put him on a tent or have we built a place in our life for him? David had one thing in mind. He didn't just try to plan to build a place. He had a higher and deeper motive, a godly motive. He had a godly motive in his mind. He's saying, you know what? Why should I be comfortable on where I am and God's presence be somewhere else? David had a deeper desire for God's presence to be in a place where his people can worship God freely and honorably. David had the right motive and the plans he knew will become significantly. And that's what we're talking about today. He knew and he planned something that will eventually become significant. Why? He knew that if he could build this, if he could build a special place for the ark of God, the presence of God, to dwell in, this could be a future place where future generations and way after he's gone can come and experience the presence of God. He knew that by building this, that wherever God's presence is, there is victory. He chose to have the right motive, so he started a plan. Because he knew that when he started the right motive, the godly motive and the right plan, and he effectively planned it, that it will become significant and guess what it brought godly results you ready it brought godly results when you have godly motive it brings you godly results because you know david honored god god in turn blessed david and what we're going to do is we're going to read it together because i don't want to just you know say this and guess what it is we're going to read from scriptures the truth this morning so we're going to turn to the same chapter second samuel chapter 7 but we're going to go down to chapter uh, to verses number 8 to 10. We're going to read it together. Here we go. It says this. Now then, this is God talking to Nathan. Now then, tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, and appointed you ruler over my people Israel. He's, he's, God is, is reminding David where he came from. I've been with you where you have gone, and I've cut off all your enemies from before. Now I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth. And I will provide a place for my people, Israel, and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did at the beginning. See, what happened was David had a godly motive. And you know what? When we have godly motives in our lives, God sees that. He recognizes that. And he blesses your godly motive. See, what happened was David had godly motives, right? And what happened is David, after that, David, after God blessing him, David never lost a single war right after that. He never lost a single war against his enemies. Wave after wave after wave of enemies came to attack and they were defeated. And it even says in the next verses, in the beginning of the verse, that King David had peace over his enemies. Put yourself in a king's perspective for a second. You guys have watched shows. You guys have watched movies before. Put yourself in a king's perspective for a second. As a king, everybody's trying to kill you. Everybody's trying to overthrow you. Everybody's trying to assassinate you, right? As a king, you can't sleep at night peacefully because your own family member could be right behind that door ready to kill you, right? 
And David, what the, what the scripture says was David had peace over his enemies. Not just beyond the walls, but, you know, those who were plotting against him. He had peace over his enemies. Why? Because God honored David's motivation. See, when God's presence is in our lives, when, God's, when we make room for God's presence in our lives, if we've decided to build a home for God's presence in our lives, mountains would begin to move. Enemies would begin to be defeated. Lives will be healed. Chains will be broken free because God's presence, what happens? God's presence, there is fullness of joy. There is freedom. There is liberty. There is power. There's all awesome things when God's presence is in our lives. But it's up to us to have the godly motive this morning to choose to build a home for God's presence. David chose to build a home for God's presence. Yes, my life right now, and you, you might be wondering, yeah, you know what, Tom, my life right now is not going so well. I might not have a job. My family is not in good shape. My marriage is not in good shape. My boss hates my guts. I'm, I'm failing at school at the moment. I don't know how I'm going to pay for that next bill. This new COVID variant is making me worry. I'm, I'm so disconnected from my family, from my friends. I'm, I'm very depressed. Transformers, we need to house the presence of God in our lives today. Because in his presence, what? There is fullness of joy. There is freedom. There is liberty. And we need to house that this morning. Come on, if we are believing that this year, can you give me a wave this morning? Yeah? This is that year. This is that year that God's presence will be in our lives continuously. This is that year that we're going to plan effectively so that it will become significantly. And we're going to have godly motives this year. Come on, can we just bless Jesus this morning? Yeah. This is that year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a quick story this morning and I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to share a quick story. Can I share a story with you? Is that okay? That's okay. For the rest of us, you guys can just sit down and listen. <laughs> um, when I was in my final years of my year 12, it was the final year of year 12, and, um, and you know, and, so, and some of us know here, in, and right now there are some year 12s that have um, recently finished, and they would know about this, and year 12 is a very stressful time, right? It's full of stresses. I don't know if you have kids that are in year 12 or past year 12, but year 12 is a very stressful time. It's a very trialing time. There's lots of um, anxiety that comes with it because there's so much expectation that's uh, that, 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 that comes with it when you're studying. And in my final days of my year 12, we were all asked to put our preferred universities and courses into this thing called the VTAC system, right? And throughout the year, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of students around Victoria and across Australia would go through this process to take the next steps in their lives. And what happened was, right, um, so anyway, months before this moment, I've been praying, I've been working hard, I've been studying hard to make sure that I meet all the requirements uh, that I needed to get into my university, my desired university, right? And, and, and this, this day was, you know, the, 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 that I could happily and proudly put in what I wanted to do because, 
you know, you got six years of high school and you're preparing for this moment. So I finished typing everything, I've registered everything, I've, I've sent it off, and everything that I've done, all the blood, sweat, and tears led up to this moment, right? And I was about to leave school. I was about to leave school that day, and I don't know why, but I just, I felt like I just needed to stay a little bit and do a little bit of reading and do a little bit of studying because I had another um, exam <clears throat> coming up, and I don't know why, I just kind of decided to stay, um, and I can tell you now, I still remember it to this day, my brain was so fried that day, like what that means is that like I, I, was, I was exhausted mentally, right? And I was sitting down in the library, and some of you went to the same school as I did, but I was in, in the library on, in front of the computers um, next to the window. And um, I was just sitting there, and I kid you not, I was not thinking of anything. I, like, I wasn't thinking of anything at all. I had zero things in my mind, right? And I still remember it vividly. And then suddenly, uh, I, I heard a voice in my head that, just say, just, that said, pursue music pursue music like this thing just came out of nowhere and I'm like what was that and I was like nope I'm going home I, I'm, I'm going home this is ridiculous I'm going home so over the next few weeks this this uh, this this thing and this uh, these words kept replaying over and over in my head pursue music pursue music pursue music and I felt like God was really talking to me on wanting to pursue music and I tried to ignore it um, I'm going to be honest with you. I tried to shut it out. I even prayed against it. I'm going to be honest with you today. I even prayed against it. I was like, no, God, I, I want to be a psychologist. You know, I applied to be a psychologist. I, I did all my studies. I want to be a psychologist. But, but over the next few weeks, I've been wrestling with this. Pursue music. Pursue music. And I even prayed against it. Right? Anyway, I wrestled with this. And I look at, you know, I was like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into it for, you know, a second. I'm not going to give it any chance. I'm just going to look at it. And I look at the paperwork. I look at the, uh, the, course, uh, the course study and everything. I looked at the fees. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Um, universities are not cheap. Um, and in my head, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to pay for these. I don't want to be stuck in debt my whole life. Right? And there were so many doubts, personal doubts that I had around me during that time you know, uh, people around me had their own doubts. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe, maybe God can't do this after all. Maybe God can't do this after all. Finally, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try it out. I'm going to give it my absolute little, uh, the absolute um, uh, little kind of effort that I could muster. Right? I'm not going to try. I'm not even going to try. I'm just going to try it out a little bit. So I'm not going to expect anything from it. I'm going to do the interview. I'm not even going to, you know, try my best on it. I'm going to do an audition and I'm going to try. I'm going to do the registration. And God, what you want to do with it, you can do with it. You do you, right? That's my, I'm not, I'm being honest with you. That was, that was my attitude towards this. So I did my audition. I did my interview. I did my registration and I bounced out of there. And uh, fast forward. Um, again, it was, it was the 15th of December when all of the E12s got their results, right? And all my friends, were, my friends and I were sitting down in this table and everybody was getting calls. Everybody was getting calls. Everybody was getting, you know, hey, uh, we want to thank you for registration. You are accepted and so on. Everybody was getting acceptance calls except for me. 
I wasn't getting any calls. I wasn't getting any calls at all. And I started to get worried. I started to get embarrassed. And hours gone by. And I finally get this call. And it was from the university that I auditioned for. And they said, you know what? Hey, Tom, congratulations. You have been accepted. We want to accept you. And um, we want to support you on your studies with us next, um, next year. And I'm like, okay, you know what? What have you done, God? What have you done? Um, again, we're going to fast forward again to the graduation. This is like the ceremony. Okay, I'm nearly done. This is the ceremony now, okay? So a graduation. So I was getting ready. I was putting my tie on, and I, I received another phone call. Uh, this is another phone call, and it came from the dean's office of the university. And um, over the, 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 uh, the other side of the line, it was the dean, and it was the president of the university that called me. And they were like... I'm like, you know what, God, what are you doing now? What are you doing now? Are you doing, are you doing something crazy? What are you about to do now? Um, see how my attitude changed from my expectation changed from God, what are you doing to what are you doing now? Right? Um, so I was like in my head, I'm like, God, what are, you, what, am I, what are you doing now? And so anyway, I said, you know what, hello, Tom's speaking. And then... They introduced themselves and congratulated me again, and they said that they loved the audition video and the interview that I did, and they wanted to take it a step further. And here I thought I was in trouble. So finally, they said, you know what, Tom, we would like to offer you a full year scholarship at our university, right? And... Thank you. Um, and I was so lost for words. I was so lost for words that, and they thought that it disconnected, the call disconnected because I literally didn't have words for it. So they hung up the phone and, and they called back again. And I, I gladly accepted this. I gladly accepted this blessing. And I can tell you now that because I did what God wanted me to do, so much blessings and favor have been poured out of it because of it. I, can't, I can tell you now that because God changed my motive, He reorganized my plans, I get to share this blessing that, that He blessed me with, with this church. I get to teach, I get to connect with people of all ages using the power of music, using the blessing that God has blessed me with. You know, the career that I, had, that I have right now, I'm so thankful and I'm so blessed because God never, ever fails His plan. You know, sometimes when we think about our plans, see, God, God acknowledges your plans. But you know what? If, if, if His plans are higher than your plans, He reorganizes it. He intervenes. And you know what? Son, daughter, you ha I have a better plan for you. I have a better plan for you. And what I'm going to do is that you, your, your thoughts have never thought of it. You've never heard of it. You've never seen of it. But I need you to trust me. I need you to change your godly motive this morning. I need you to change and reorganize your plans and center it around me. Center it around me. And I'm going to bless you. And I'm so thankful for God that He intervened through that. I still want to be a psychologist. I, still, I love being a musician, but I still want to be a psychologist. But you know what? God had other plans. God had other, other motives. And I, as, I, as we step into this new year, as I step into this new year, as we move into this building, this new building that we're moving into, there are so many things in my life that points to the fact that, well, maybe God's about to do something crazy again. 
my expectation, my, my plans, my motive have changed from God. What are you doing to, well, maybe God's about to do something crazy again. What are your motives this morning? What are your plans this morning? So Transformers, why don't we jump into this new year with a different motive, with a different game plan? Just like David did, he decided to not prioritize what he had, but he prioritized God's presence, where God's presence could be, where His presence could be. So this year will be a godly motive run year. Amen? Yeah? Is that going to be a godly motive year this year? Amen? I can't hear you. Come on. If this is going to be a godly motive year this year, come on, can we just bless Jesus this morning? Yeah. As usual, before I wrap it up, as usual, I want to leave you with a few questions. Questions to challenge you this week to have godly motives to start this year off 2022 on a godly motive run year. And this is the first question. I'd love for you to write this down. If you don't, if you, if you can't write it down, if you don't have notes, you have your phones, just take a picture of it. And this is what it is. In what area of my life can I focus on having a godly motive this week? In what area of my life can I focus on having a godly motive this week? Start with... Our youth members, our Catalyst Youth, start with something small. Don't, like, don't just head off into the abyss and do something... Um, uh, significant and huge start with something small the first step of solving a problem is recognizing that there is one so this week see if you can recognize one part of your life that you need godly motive for you know an example could be you know when you're out at work and you're having lunch together you know and instead of instead of talking about somebody else's wife or somebody else's husband Instead of partaking in that conversation, a godly motive could be changing the course of that conversation. A godly motive could be asking someone how they are. A godly motive could be asking your kids, how are you doing at school? Because sometimes as parents, we do forget that. It could be, you know, just blessing someone in your family, checking up on someone during this time. What is a godly motive that you could start small this week start with small steps so that you can use it to plan effectively and question number two is this what can i effectively plan this week that i know will help me significantly this year what can i effectively plan this week that i know will significantly help me this year now this is kind of a follow-up question to the previous one what can i effectively plan in our personal lives right now, you know, where there's so much rush, there's so much things in our lives, there's so much, you know, um, on the go all the time, fast-paced in our lives. And, you know, it's a godly motive thing to just stop and take a few minutes, take a few hours if you need to effectively plan what God has in your life. And, and what, what's helpful as well is that if we plan our year towards where God is towards where God's presence is. I'm going to give you an example if you're, you're, if you're having trouble on how to do that. Uh, a great example for this planning to make something significant is that, okay, I think that I'm going to make a commitment this year that I'm going to be, I'm going to be committing one to two hours every Sunday to be in the house, 
to be in church because I know that me being here and sacrificing just one to two hours of my week will bless me, will empower me. That's a great plan right there. doesn't have to be radical, right? What can I effectively plan this week that I know will help me significantly better this year? Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.